Hello and welcome to the Her Podcast. I'm Neve Marr. My guest this week is Katia Mia, a content creator, fashion blogger and presenter from Dublin. Katia, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I've been obsessed with your content for a very long time now, so it's lovely to meet you finally. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's I'm great to so have you. I'm so excited to just you know, have the chats and it just feels nice to be in this cool studio. Oh, stop. <laughs> and in person as well. It's yeah. always good. Yeah. And um, we're going to talk about fashion. We're going to talk about your career and your career aspirations, everything that's going on. But first, we want you to play our game that we play sometimes to let our audience know a little bit more about you. So you have mm-hmm. to describe yourself in six words or less. It can be a sentence. It can be a string of words, whatever you're more comfortable with in your own time. OK, I thought about a sentence, but I just couldn't find anything. So so I'll go with some words. So first I've empath because I feel like I just, I don't know, I really connect with people Love and just that. feel the feels. Um, good vibes because I'm just always pretty like optimistic, you know, life with a party, just good vibes, you yeah. know. Um, a romantic because it's true. Sadly, it's true. <laughs> That's not sad. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like a bit cringe though, no? <laughs> Um, but yeah, romantic. And then I would say ambitious and becoming because I just feel like I'm sort of morphing into who I'm going to be. Oh, those <laughs> words, I have to say, Katia, up there with some of the best words I've ever heard on this show. We've been doing it for a very long time. Oh, I love the empath word as well. We've I don't think we've ever had somebody say that they're an empath. Um, it's I would consider myself to be one as well. But yeah. like in in the worst possible way as in I will start crying if I'm watching something and some I feel somebody else is upset Yeah. or like one time for example I saw an elderly man standing at a bus stop and he was holding flowers and I just created this whole story of where he was going with his flowers and I started yeah. crying in the bus oh, I was just having a day I do that sometimes where I can think of something really sad and then just tears will just come into my eyes but it's actually really hard for me to cry and I've talked about this before I feel like Cameron Diaz from The Holiday it's really hard so I actually celebrate when I get a good cry like once in once in two months or something I'm like I had a cry like thank God like I'll feel it but it won't I can't produce the tears I I think I saw it on your Instagram that you had a good cry there a couple of weeks ago and it's been a it's it's been a while and it's been needed yeah it's so good let's talk about how romantic you are what do you mean like when you say you're romantic does that mean that you love the old school romantic sentiments yeah. or do you do romantic things for your partner What? How, how are you a romantic I just I feel like I just love love it's so crazy oh my god um, <laughs> it's not and crazy. I just get like just real romantic um, and especially like if I'm with my boyfriend like we'll always plan like romantic things um, and just like dates and stuff <laughs> like looking all over I'm so embarrassed but um <laughs> I just love hard. I um, love love. Yeah. Love it. I actually, I think, are you into astrology? I'm um, only learning. I'm not really into it. I wouldn't much. say I'm into it. I'm very aware of it. Yeah. Actually, our audience on her really enjoy astrology as well. I know that yeah. Mercury is in retrograde at the moment, so everybody's gone mental. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I would be aware of it. But I think it says that because I'm a Taurus, so it does say that my... Um, what is it? Something about Venus. My lo- love is ruled by Venus or something. And that's like the most like romantic like planet or whatever. I'm really bad at explaining it. But I think that probably makes sense to me why I've always loved love. And even as a kid watching movies. Oh my God, you're going to laugh at this. So 
my first crush was definitely like Westlife guys. Really? Loved. All of all the Westlife okay, guys. Especially Mark and Brian. Okay. And I used to have dreams that like at like five years old I was in the bathtub and it was in black and white, like a black and white movie, and they'd just be like oh baby like here's some champagne I'm just like what five year old what are you watching as a five year old to be dreaming that and thinking about that but yeah used to fantasise about all the love movies that's better than my first my first crush was teenage Simba in The Lion King like you know the moment in the movie where he turns into like a grown up and his voice breaks a little bit my sexual awakening I was like I don't know what's happening here I'm attracted to him as he gets older and also it's a cartoon so I was very confused and I fancied Brock from Pokemon as well so I totally get you like something about like male cartoons like I don't know I think it was his tan skin or something like the dark eyes I'm like ooh I know <laughs> sorry totally get love that love was weird Simba. when we were children let's not talk about Disney movies or we'll, we'll be here all night but I appreciate those words I think we've really learned a lot about each other if I'm being yeah. honest um, you were speaking there about you as a kid so let's go back a bit to when you were younger and I yeah. suppose we're going to move on a little bit to talk about your career but when you were younger what was it that you wanted to be when you grew up I lo- aside from with Brian from Westside um, I love hearing about what people wanted to be and then kind of see how their careers act actually transpired yeah so I I really really wanted to be Beyonce's backup dancer so I (laughs) was a stage school kid I was obsessed with dance I was obsessed with acting so the stage like whenever we did shows it's like that's where I came to life so I've always kind of wanted to be like a backup dancer like performer very weird but then um as the years went on, like, you know, you just get real serious. And mm. then I went to college and I did <clears throat> I did finance in college. And like my parents were like, get a job, you know, that'll make you money or whatever. And I was just like, forgot about that whole part of me as a yeah. kid. And I feel like now it's, I feel like coming back to life almost by just kind of being a content creator. And um, you're not really performing in the sense, but you get to just speak on a platform. And then even with like presenting or hosting, like it just feels nice to like get your voice out there and connect with people. So yeah, I think it's a bit of a full circle thing. It's very interesting as well because finance and then Beyonce's backup dancer, (laughs) little little bit of a world away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I suppose you do, it's an interesting point of kind of getting a bit more serious. When you get to a certain point, you do think about, you know, how am I going to make that money and what Mm. am I going to do? And I mean, when you went and studied finance, was that your career path at the time you thought okay this is going to be something that I'm going to graduate and then move into and be happy with it for the rest of my life yeah I thought I was going to be happy with it until I wasn't until well it's always the way (laughs) yeah it's always the way but um yeah so I I did like the degree for four years and then I worked for like two and a half years in just banking and finance and whatever and I was like oh I'm not getting my personality out like everyone in this office probably thinks I'm the most dull human being in the whole world because I was clearly so unhappy I was like oh there's no point to even like show my personality like I really just want to do the job and leave yeah and then when I'm with my friends or when I'm at home I'm a totally different person and I'm like this isn't healthy because you should want to come to work and feel yourself bring your whole self and just good vibes like I said like I am a positive optimistic person love to smile love to chit chat um, and I, that whole part of me was being suppressed. And I think that's what uh, it just all crashed down. Like when lockdown hit, I just yeah. had to think about a lot of things. And I was like, 
look, Kat, you're not happy. This is the time to make the move and just figure out what you want to do. So if there's anyone listening, my advice is just do what makes you happy from day one. Yeah. Like, don't even think about money when you're 18 and when you're trying to pick a college course. Or stability or as stability, well. Like, so, I mean, like, I understand that it's important to a lot of people. And I, like, I'm, I know for myself, before I did journalism, um, I wanted to be a barrister. And like, oh, wow. as I got older and I realised the amount of work that goes mm-hmm. into that, but also we had to study a portion of law within our journalism degree. Of course, yeah. And it just, like, I just found it so mind-numbingly dull, but necessary. Like, yeah. of course, you need to understand a bit about the law when you're in journalism. But yeah. like, it just, it wouldn't have been the career for me. Now, again, just to be clear, not dissing people in finance or law. No. Very crucial and very important. Yeah. But I think as people, you are more suited to certain jobs. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because when the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. that was the turning point for you, wasn't it? As in you were like, okay, let's look at this as an opportunity and do, you know, a transition. So you are fairly new to influencing and and blogging in general. Yeah, yeah. It's only been about like a year. So I feel like I'm a a, a bit of a baby in this world because there's some people that I might follow that are a bit like maybe a year or two younger than me, but they've been doing it for a long Long time. time, So I can still like learn stuff from them. Um, and I think the great thing about Dublin is that it is small, so you get to know other people quite fast yeah. and learn from people quite fast. Um, and there is room to like make mistakes and like, especially when you're only growing, like you'd be like, OK, no, I think I like this kind of direction or this is my brand. And you can switch it up because who says you can't like wake up the next day and just sort of rebrand yourself or, yeah. you know, change your path? Because that is what I did. Like I was working in finance. Now I'm doing this. So, yeah, um, yeah it was a total... 180. Yeah, I mean like as well so you got signed by First Options too so a lot has happened in the past year and I think Mm -hmm. anybody who's listening to this who wants to you know dip their toe into the world of online content creation and blogging you know it it can be difficult and it's a hard industry to crack Mm -hmm. because obviously so many people really want to do it and even now like when I was in college there was was nothing like that but now of course there are courses for people that you can go and kind of learn about it and stuff which is great to see but like you know what have you found from just going in there was there a certain day that you were like okay today I'm going to turn my Instagram account into an influencer's Instagram account did you Mm -hmm. have to really think about the process of what you were putting out there how did that kind of I suppose you know switch flip in your brain to turn it into more of a business yeah um well I think before that I've always loved taking pictures so Mm. I would have just I still would have dolled up on a night out and like did like a whole Instagram shoot in the bathroom but when it turned into just um, like making money from it or working um, with other brands I think it was during lockdown it was 2020 and then I just started creating looks like makeup just playing around and Mm. then it's the hashtags I would use I'm like oh my god will I say like hashtag this like does that make me like an influencer or something and to this day I don't know why there's such a negative connotation on the word because those people work really hard and they make a lot of money and people do this as their full-time job um, and they have to be their own like marketer and content creator and you know banker accountant photographer photographer. so it is like they do so much and I do respect that but um, 
yeah, I think I just started changing like the hashtags I was using and then I just started posting more. Mm. Um, I don't think I even gave my friends a warning because you know the way friend groups all always like slagging me like, what well, yeah, like what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh They'll yeah. tell you the truth <laughs> as well, will. which yeah. is important. Yeah. But I was just like, oh no, I think I just want to go for it. Yeah. Um, and my sisters always encouraged me. So um, yeah, I just started posting more and then I was approached by... First options, I think, summer of 2020. And then I think I did my first job in September 2020. So this month, last year. Yeah, it's an incredibly fast turnaround for somebody who's kind of just breaking into it as well. And I think it's such an interesting point that you said there about the negative connotations that can be associated with influencing because it's it's been such a short time since Mm -hmm. this career has actually been a thing. Like we're looking at, you know, 10 years for, I suppose, the OGs. Yeah. 15 if you want to be a little bit like kinder to some of the older YouTubers and yeah. stuff like that. But really, really fresh. Mm. And it has really turned quite quickly into a lot of the public, you know, I mean, sometimes there can even be a distrust of some influencers mm, when it comes yeah, yeah, to yeah. what they're actually selling. So mm-hmm. I suppose for you, did you think about that going into it? Like, you know, even when it came to brand selections and also because you're modelling too, mm-hmm. you know, fashion is now... There's fast fashion, yeah. but there's also the sustainability conversation too. So, yeah. I mean, is that a tough, I suppose, minefield to get through when it comes to deciding what to take on and what not to take on when it comes to actual jobs? Absolutely. At the beginning, like it's you really have to know how you're going to navigate it. Yeah. And I'll be honest, there are definitely some jobs that I wish I didn't take because I would post them. Like at the very beginning, I was like, am I even passionate about this? And then I started like just being really honest with myself and now I always tell myself if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no so if I don't have this great feeling in my gut about it I won't do it because I know something else will come around like I just have faith like something something better is around the corner so you don't even need to pretend you like something if it's not for you it could be great greatly suited for another blogger or influencer to promote that it's just not on my brand so I'm more than happy to like say no to things and I'm not worried because I know yeah something better will come around from it um and then in terms of uh fast fashion and everything like that it is very hard because when you are sort of uh, when you try to stay relevant as someone that does fashion content you're trying to show like looks and uh, be on trend and stuff Mm. which is hard but something that I've learned now probably in the last few months is just trying to have staple pieces so you don't always need to buy I don't I can't remember the last time I've bought like I don't buy shoes often like Mm. I'll get like your really good pair of like chunky boot white runner like whatever um, so I've learned to do that and like have staple pieces yeah. like blazers or whatever. And then the small things that might be like if I need to change size and jeans or get a different sort of jean shape, I'll do that and I'll buy something. But I'm really, really I, I think I've gotten so much better at it, like not buying every week. And there are some yeah. people that do buy a lot. And I'm like, you're not really helping the world and you're not really helping I the know, people working yeah. in these. There's um, also a lot of, yeah. of, you know, people who are in your industry who get sent a lot of stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. And I think as well, like that can put a lo- an awful lot of pressure on people because cancel culture is a real, live, living, breathing monster that is out there. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people having seen the effects that it can have, you know, which are awful and which are mm. terrible, are very conscious of that too. But I mm. think, you know, what the consumer is looking 
looking for now more than anything is transparency when it comes to yeah. people who are influencing. So mm-hmm. they actually want to see, for example, if Katia, you got you know a new pair of boots that's going to see you through the winter. Mm. They want to know what that is yeah. if they trust that you're doing it for you know the right reasons and not just to pick up every single pair of boot that's out there on the high street at the moment. Yeah, Do yeah. You know that kind of way? And I also think in terms of um, like sizing and stuff, like you might have you know, the ideal, like, or the favourite size in a shop that is just, like, whatever size, 8, size 10. So sometimes if I'm talking to my audience, because I always do curve or mid-size, because I am, like, a curve model as well, and the clothes I go for, like, I know how hard it is for people to, like, find jeans or to feel like they look sexy when they are, like, a bit curvier. Yeah. Um, And... That's where I'm like more transparent. I'm more transparent on like the body confidence end and the sizing end of it and not being like, oh, are like some people are embarrassed to mention if they went up to size 14 or 16. Like, who cares? Like you, it's all about like letting the, like you have to fit like the, sorry. The clothes have to fit you. You don't have to fit the clothes. Um, But yeah, so I've just kind of been learning as I go along. Like you said, it's only been a year. So I'm bound to make mistakes along the road. And I welcome mistakes because they help me grow. Yeah, absolutely. But it's great to see as well the diversity that's coming into the fashion industry. And Mm. I feel like, you know, we did Body Month there on her, like, it was wasn't last month. No, it was. It was August. What month are we in? Can't remember. Gone. September. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So it was last month. We had Body Month, and it was dedicated to bodies of all different shapes mm-hmm. and sizes. We covered a lot of ground, and one of the things that we spoke about was, you know, uh, we had an incredible woman come in, Michelle, and talk about fat phobia, and this was kind mm-hmm. of more so to do with what she faces as mm-hmm. a fat person out in society, mm-hmm. you know. And she owns that. She calls herself a fat activist, and she really mm-hmm. likes to discuss that. And I think it's so. interesting interesting because you're now working you know you're represented by an agency you're working that necessarily wasn't the case you know 15 years yeah. ago so I mean mm-hmm. I suppose for you working as a curve model and a mid-size model how is the fashion industry now like even going on shoots getting booked for jobs mm-hmm. do you feel that that level of diversity is coming in when it comes to so, showing different types of bodies and sizes yeah no absolutely and um there are certain people like Leslie, Sedora, Preciously, Ashley Graham, models in the industry that I follow and I look at as role models. And I, I to be honest, I unfollowed Victoria's Secret models a very long time ago because I'm just yeah. like, I'm. you are torturing yourself if you're kind of looking at someone that doesn't look like you. They're n- so. I mean, I and I've looked at Victoria's Secret's model for years. I always yeah. enjoy the fashion shows and stuff, but I have to say, I don't know whether it's just my own self-identity or me protecting myself, mm-hmm. but I've never looked at them as being earthly beings. Like, yeah. as in they were just on touchable if yeah. I stood beside Kylie Jenner it would be hilarious people, yeah. people take pictures like my whole body is the size of her legs like yeah. so I never looked at them as yeah, no. reality because mm. maybe I was just compartmentalizing it mm-hmm. so that I didn't feel bad about myself yeah. but I never looked at that as an aspirational thing or mm-hmm. like would no. run out and buy that lingerie because I considered them to be aliens you yeah. know and I think it's that's why with fashion these days it's just so much more real now and they're sort of waking up to it and you're seeing like plus size women on like Versace runways and whatever and just even like influencers and people that are you know getting attraction and being 
um, kind of praised for what they do in terms of like styling content or whatever, but not being the mannequin size. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, I think it is evolving. Um, obviously, it's all new. Like you wouldn't have seen this 10 years ago. There yeah. pro- a lot of people probably were fat phobic. And I think it does stem from what you might hear at home like to be honest and I don't know but a lot of parents are like this so maybe it was like that before in like the 80s or the 70s I don't know but my mother was always very conscious of like yeah. you know you have to look this way or try to you know go, oh, gotta lose weight like kind of saying stuff for herself I'm like girl you're beautiful like yeah. stop and there definitely has been this. a generation gap I yeah, think like yeah. I definitely saw that myself as well like growing up you know we kind of we learn from our mothers and our aunties yeah. and the conversations and mm-hmm. In the 80s and 90s and 2000s even, you know, everybody was dieting. Everybody was on yeah. a diet. Diet culture was crazy. It was crazy. And yeah. it's it's brilliant to see us emerge from that. I still yeah. think that there's a long way to go, yeah. especially when it comes to accessibility for different body sizes, mm-hmm. like on the high street, for example. But it's definitely moving mm-hmm. in the right direction. You yeah. Know? And I think that people now, like living in our age, when we go on and if we have like children or nieces or nephews, we'll be like, greater role models for them because if they if we even catch them out I always say like if I ever catch someone out trying to slag themselves or whatever I will cut them off so quick and be like you're so beautiful like you don't need to talk about yourself like this like this is all like like it's just in media like it's not true like never talk to yourself like that like I am literally going to be so quick to turn that around if I ever heard a child or like a teenager say that about themselves and I'm glad that we're like this now because it's just what we're hearing like on TikTok on Instagram whatever everyone's just so so much more honest and more real and I love that changing the conversation has to happen Um, let's talk a little bit about the presenting work that you've been doing because I know this is something you're really passionate about and I want to hear about working with Maya Jama who's like just unbelievable Um, but how did that come about it was a competition right that you entered yeah a bit about it um so this was in around the time I quit my job um and it was earlier this year and I've been following Maya for years I love her I love her as well like she's just great and then she put up this post saying like oh attention aspiring presenters and my friend actually sent it to me in DM being like you would be perfect for this because in December I'd done like a black and Irish music show called Spotlight Era to the I World. I saw it. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I I never would have put myself forward for that. It was the producer of the show that asked me to present and then I did that and all of these feelings came back up of when I was telling you of just, you know, being back on the dancer, stage, being back of dancer, all that stuff, just loving the stage life and a just fire in my belly. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. Like mm. so thousands of people applied. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get it. I'm from Ireland. This is like in London and all these so many people there in England probably yeah. going for it. And I just went for it, did a video, uh, <laughs> filmed it with my sister and yeah, just submitted it. And what I did, I remember in the email, I was like, how am I going to make someone open this and watch it? So I remember I timestamped every like topic that I was doing um, just in case they wanted to click on something and get on over with it. I love and that. Love a timestamp. Yeah, love a timestamp. <laughs> so yeah, and then I got the email back like maybe a month or so after. I'd just forgotten about it and I was like, what? Insane. So, yeah, so it's brought on so many amazing things because now I get to do a series called Behind the Mask. Yeah. So it's like a Instagram uh 
kind of chit chat like interview series where we talk to like top bloggers, top influencers or even musicians or personalities in the UK. Um, and then we get to do the skincare because of course she has her brand Midge Masks. Yeah. Um, they do face masks and eye masks and we get to have a skincare moment and just have real chats. And like you said, it's great because we're getting to see like real transparency transparency as well because they're not you know hair done makeup done outfit on it's just chill and we just kind of sitting back and just chit-chatting and it's so nice yeah Yeah. I don't know I don't know what it is about my app but I feel like as a presenter and somebody who's obviously you know she has millions of followers she's massively successful presenter there's something about her that is just very very real and maybe it's the difference because she's a lot newer to the industry and Mm -hmm. she's not as trained in TV presenting as like maybe some of the older counterparts that are out there but there's just something that's very accessible about her I think that's why people love her so much yeah like so uh, she just come over to you and just be like because I remember yeah you've met her I I haven't met met her so like you tell her how accessible is she (laughs) like so accessible because even when I won the competition and we were talking about that like we had had a FaceTime call and she was just like so normal like as if like I was FaceTiming my friend and of course I freaked out but then I was like wait this feels so normal and I found myself feeling so relaxed so I'm like she is literally what you get on the tin and then even meeting her she was just like so chill like good vibes like exactly how you see her your story and just I don't know you really feel like you're just talking to a friend when you talk to her and I think that's such a great trait to have if if someone can you know be on such a huge uh, pedestal to the world and still give off that same energy when she meets anyone on the street anyone in any regular job um, not as glammed up or whatever and she just treats you like a normal um Counterpart, and yeah. even the fact that she like had kind of this call out for new yeah. talent yeah. to represent her brand is mm-hmm. something that you know is it can be difficult to break into the industry so because like yeah. obviously there's the people who are established and then there are the people who are not that established but are kind of like the go-tos for a lot yeah. of things it probably would have been very easy for her to just fill that with a bunch of people she knew already from the industry yeah you and know? to be honest I, th- I think she might have known like how hard it was like she probably thought of how she started and yeah. her hustle with it because I think she started on, on YouTube first um, and it is hard to break into especially if you don't have connections and she was like look I could be giving um, a lucky girl a chance to just like explore and get into it and like even me I would have had no idea of how to get into it until I started this and then opportunities came or like I've met people from it um, and I'm like whoa this is a whole world but like you said there could be go-tos and people might not think of like new talent or people that are dying to like get in there and just try it out but you know they just don't know who to email who to call that's (laughs) it and it is almost just about having the right door opened a lot of it is about timing as well and like with Spotlight that you mentioned there you know I saw it and it it got really good traction at the time so the whole point for any of our audience who don't know about it was to was to kind of platform and talk about creative black Mm -hmm. talent in Mm -hmm. Ireland and I, I think like obviously Obviously, that did so well, but Dublin is a very small community and the media landscape in Dublin is even Mm -hmm. smaller. Mm -hmm. So for you, like who's kind of, you know, in this industry now, just a little bit over a year, is the end goal for you to stay? Do you see yourself working here or is like, you know, the UK kind of the the big place that you see yourself in the future? Well, you know what? Like so many people leave Ireland, like so many talented people leave Ireland and I'm like, 
Ireland has something special and I feel like we just need to feed it and like give into it and especially now like when you're seeing all of these new creatives and like black and Irish creatives that you know are just kind of up and coming right now especially after uh, Spotlight was shined on them after you know Black Lives Matter people were more aware like oh there's like a huge community and I'm, I'm just thinking we really just need to feed Ireland with this and make it diverse. Like, of course, like London's been there for years. It's mm-hmm. had the time to develop. Like, Ireland's yeah. like still fresh. And We're a bit behind. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's fair and that's a fair. Even if you just look at presenters like on the radio stations in yeah. Ireland, if you look at RTE, like you can see that it's starting to happen, mm-hmm. but it's definitely behind. Yeah. It just is. It just kind of needs to be comfortable with like yeah. changing and like always changing because I think that's probably what the UK has like it's just new fresh and changing and new ideas and whatever but um, absolutely I would love to do TV work here I feel like that's the end goal for me like one day um, just presenting uh, doing radio and just getting myself out there um, because I genuinely love to do it like it's just I think that's where my passion lies Um, and it's such a huge reason why I left you know, a job that I just wasn't happy in because I'm like, life is all about living and just fulfilling your passions because you can be truly happy once, you know, you're passionate in a job. And I also think that it would be great to represent the black community here as well, black and Irish community, because I know when I was watching The Den, I never saw anyone that looked like me and stuff like that. And I just think it'd be so dope. Like if someone like, if a young kid, like dark skin like me was like, oh my God, she's on TV or whatever they could just see themselves in that position because maybe a huge reason why a lot of people don't go for these things is because they're like there's no, there's no spot for me there's no seat at the table yeah. for me so yeah why not switch that up um, absolutely so, yeah. well, all the TV producers who follow this show and who are listening and I know <laughs> that you do get on to Katya I mean this is it like I think even just having this conversation with you it comes across the level of comfort that you have because I know yeah. sometimes when a mic is put in front of somebody they can kind of like freeze up and stuff but yeah. I'm very aware that we could talk for a very long time. So I'm going to get slightly back to fashion now before I let you go and just ask you a question about who takes your pictures and is he or she available to take my pictures for my Instagram because I am obsessed. I know it's your boyfriend. It's I know my boyfriend. He, I know it's your boyfriend. I want to know how he became so good at it. He's really low fee, so like I'll definitely <laughs> send you his number. He's low fee for you, Katia. <laughs> I, I doubt he's going to be low fee it's for so me. It's so funny, Neil, because like, I had to train him. Like I had to be like, right, you need to stand like this. I think you should set up a course on how to train <laughs> Instagram, Instagram boyfriends. <laughs> oh my God, my fiance needs it. Like Honestly, he needs it. Love him so but much. You, do but... you know what? If you find a good spot where like you're like, right, stand there yeah. and just keep Keep tapping. I'll do the moving. You just stand there. Just take, 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 yeah. take, 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 take. Or even do like a video and then you kind of screenshot the video yourself. But he's gotten so much better. So props to you, Dara. And he's a YouTuber as well. Like he's yeah. not like he's not fresh to content. He knows yeah. his stuff. He probably yeah. knows his angles. Yeah. Oh my God, he does a good job. He gets into it now and he's like, ah, that looks a bit weird. Like, do you want to just like straighten up there? Oh, like, he directs oh, okay. you. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Dan, my fiance, he actually has this really great talent to find the worst angle that I've ne- that I've never seen before and then I just spiral into uh, actually I'm just not photogenic like, I look like that I was like, like, I'm no. like why are you with me like no. why do you want to marry you just no I'll get I'll get Darren he'll take all your pictures from him. don't worry about that I'll sort that it's out it's going to be a business I'll idea sort literally <laughs> the amount of people who are listening are probably like okay let's go on now go check out Katia's pictures and then get on to Darren <laughs> 
get the fees. Um, but yeah, I suppose what's coming up for you now? I'm going to let you go. But what's coming up for you in the future when it comes to work? Anything exciting up your sleeve that you can tell us about? We're so excited to see more from you. Well, okay. Well, in terms of like modeling and stuff, of course, like just jobs here and there. I'm still working in around Dublin, but. In terms of like the presenting, you hopefully see me on TV one day, but I can't, I don't know, I can't say much, um, but just watch the space. Stay tuned. <laughs> but you'll come to her first, right? And you'll tell, oh, us, yeah. Yeah. you'll tell us all about it. That's all we need yeah. to hear. Katia yeah. Mia, it's been an absolute pleasure having you Thank in. You. If anybody wants to find out more, we're going to put all Katia's socials in the description box below. So do go check her out. You will be seeing her on a TV screen very soon, I'm sure. Katia, always a pleasure. Thank you. 